0: Welcome to the King's Cost dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Praise God. I mean, it's wonderful to be here uh, this morning. Uh, we're excited uh, to share with you in, in the Lord's presence and what He's going to do today. Um, just a, a little bit more of an introduction, um, yeah, my, my name is Julian, my wife Claire, we've been married 25 years this year, and so we're excited to celebrate that. Um, we have three wonderful sons, uh, 21, 20, and 17, my 21-year-old is in London, uh, doing an apprenticeship with accountancy, my 20-year-old is about to go to Kenya, uh, he spent a time last year in, in Cameroon and really loved it. And so he's going to do, involve in a mission called YWAM, uh, later this year. And my youngest son is just finishing up his high school, but we're so blessed. They all love the Lord and uh, we're grateful. I mean, the Lord is faithful to our families. Amen. As we trust him, as we, uh, have faith and, and obey, he will look after us, our children. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, just a bit more of introduction to myself. Um, we, We've been pastoring a number of times in the UK. Our first season was in 2001. Uh, we went to Coventry. Uh, we were there four years. We, we began a new church there. Uh, we learned a lot of lessons there. Um, it broke us in, really, to ministry. Uh, we, we, we felt we needed to uh, spend some time in the, in the body, so we went back to Norwich and, and served in a church there. Then the Lord called us to Bury St. Edmunds in 2009, and so we took over a, a mature congregation, and that was such a blessing to be there. We were able to do all kinds of things, not only locally, but internationally in that... Uh, who's been to Bury Steadman? Is anyone here? Yeah, it's a beautiful town, isn't it? And uh, But God is doing exciting things. And then, then the Lord called us to China. And to be honest with you, it was a bit of a wrestle, and I'll explain a little bit more about that. But we went to China in, in a city in the south called Danning, uh, which is near the border with Vietnam, so we're in that region of China. And so we were there for nearly six years until we got arrested. Um, as you're probably aware, uh, the authorities there are very controlling when it comes to religion. And so, uh, yeah, we were arrested and uh, the Lord brought us safely back to the UK. And so we've just been waiting on the Lord, seeking him for his next assignment. And so it's exciting to know what the Lord has. Well, sometimes we don't know what he has, but exciting to, to let him reveal that in his good timing. And so our text um, we have uh, this morning is Exodus. I'd like to read that if you have your Bibles. I think it's going to be on the screen as well. Exodus 14. And this message I felt from the Lord to, to share was, He is your waymaker. He is your way maker. Now, this is resonant with us, especially because... Our last service in China, we were singing that song, uh, in Chinese. And it was a powerful time. I mean, you know, you know those moments, you just don't want it to stop. And we were worshiping and, and we all had our eyes closed. I mean, it's like we just kept going round and round, uh, just enjoying that moment, connecting with the Lord and, uh, and then eventually when we opened our eyes, there were 35 police officers in the room. We we didn't even notice them coming in. We were just, it was so surreal. And uh, they came in and they were just dead quiet, videoing what was going on. And um, yeah, that was when they, they raided our service. But what was interesting is when we were, we had a few occasions of being in, interrogated by them. And uh, they said, tell us about that song. And they wanted to know about that song, and they they sent something, and I just know that God used that to touch their hearts because it was a powerful time, because God truly is our waymaker. Our text this morning, Exodus fourteen thirteen says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. You know, we all have a path that God is leading us on. Jesus referred to himself as being the good shepherd. And a good shepherd considers the journey of their sheep. It is known in those times that a shepherd would, would, would walk the path first before taking the sheep on that journey, especially if it's in unfamiliar territory. If there are streams or rivers to be crossed, they would create a bridge. If there were, you know, a dangerous area, they would navigate and think, hey, the best route for the sheep is to go this way. And so they would, you know, premeditate the path of the sheep. And then the sheep, of course, would follow, not really knowing all that laid ahead and the potential dangers, but knowing if they stuck with the shepherd, all would be well. And so God has a path for our lives. And and often we don't know which way it's going to go. And being my my time of being a Christian now, um, 33 years or so, often the way that I thought it's going to be has not been the way. You know, often we try and put God into, um, you know, our our idea. We think, oh, this has to be God's way. God's going to work this out, you know. It could be how he saves our family, our loved ones that we're praying for. It could be how he's going to help us overcome a financial problem. It could be our journey of ministry, what he thinks he has for us. And oftentimes, he has a different way. But his way is always a good way. And we need to trust him, even when it seems like there is no way. And that's why he is your way maker. Exodus thirteen seventeen says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Now we know, we can look at your maps, God took them further south. They could have just gone straight across, you know, along North Africa and entered into the land of Canaan, but God said no. I perceive that this is not going to go well for you, so therefore I'm going to take you a different way. It was totally illogical when you think about it. They ended up on the borders of the Red Sea, and the Bible says they were hemmed in. There was a beach area, and they were all amassed on the beach, and then they realized that the Egyptians were coming for them. And there literally was nowhere to go. They couldn't go left or right because of the mountains. And the Egyptians were coming, And you know what? That was God's intention, it happened that way. Sometimes we find ourselves hemmed in. We find ourselves like it's insurmountable. This circumstance, this situation, what I'm facing right now is insurmountable. I cannot see a way out. And sometimes we begin to wonder have I missed God? Have I have I made a wrong decision somewhere? Is this somehow am I off the beaten am I off the track? But God exactly knew what he was doing. He knew they would end up there, and he knew what he was about to do. And that's the context of our text this morning. God says, don't worry, guys, you don't have to do anything. Stand still, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. And we know that the Lord parted the Red Sea. Something had never been done before. And that became the beginning of an incredible journey for Israel. And they were meant to remember that great, Opening that great deliverance. God, of course, killed the Egyptians. I'd like to show a few pictures, um, just to give you a little bit of our time in China. Um, you could just run through them. Hopefully, they're ready. Okay, so this is when we arrived in China. We, we didn't know anybody there. Um, we went to this city called Danning, which we had no idea. You know, we thought, "Oh, let's go somewhere else, like Guangzhou, where we knew some people," but. God said, I want you here. And we're like, oh, man, we don't know anyone. There was a young lady who came to our church in Norwich at the time who was Chinese, and Claire befriended her. And through her, she started making connections. And when we arrived, these are the people that greeted us at the airport. And it was, it was such a blessing because we literally didn't know what to do. And so they brought us back. We stayed in this hotel, which is in the lobby there. And a whole string of connections lined up in which we met other people who introduced us to other people, and everything just f- fell into place. Let's kind of the second picture. Um, this is a kind of first Bible study. Um, there's a man, is he in that picture there? Yes, just to the right here. He's actually sort of holding my son, my oldest son. And so he just wanted to help us. He was bending over backwards to help us. And, and he let us use his facility, which is an English school, to, to teach the Bible and to do Christian meetings for free. And actually, our first audience were his students, and, and some of them stuck and became members of the church. And we're like, you know, why is he helping us so much? Backing up before that, God spoke to me on the plane and said, I'm going to use a businessman to help you. And I, you know, didn't know what that meant, but I didn't meet this guy. We didn't meet him until maybe a month or six weeks after being in our city And he stands up the first time we met him with all these students. He gives this emotional speech. And he says, 25 years ago, I had no prospects. He wasn't very well educated, which is, you know, in China, you absolutely got to get an education. Um, And this lady started to give him English classes for free, a British lady. And he was like perplexed. Why are you doing it? What's the catch? And she said, because of God's love. And it impacted him. And he never forgot that he became successful in this English school. And, and uh, as far as I know, he's still going today. And he, when he heard of a British family coming, he said, I have got to help them. This is completely God set up. He had already gone before us. And honestly, we didn't have to push any doors. They opened unto us. Let's A few more pictures as we run through. Um, we were able to do uh, street meetings. We had tremendous favor on the street, which in China, you've got to be careful. But we were able to do that at night. Uh, if you just run through the pictures now. Um, we even got into schools, a number of high schools, which again in China is absolutely forbidden. But God opened doors. This is um, a rally we had. This was the day before we got arrested. And uh, we had a wonderful time. We met up in another city with, with other people. And... Yeah, just hold it on that one. So <laughs> Claire snuck in a picture on our second time of being interrogated, the first time they seized our phones, but she kind of took this picture. That's where we had to sit, you know. And all the odd movies came to mind, like <laughs> these interrogation. You know, honestly, it wasn't that bad. But at the time, we didn't know that. You know, you're just sitting in this chair, the bright light on your face. And, uh, you know, what's going to happen next? Got a bit uncomfortable when they wanted to know names. And I said, listen, I can't do that. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> but it was okay. I think because we're Western, they didn't want to get into any kind of diplomatic issue. But anyway, yeah, run through, final picture. Yeah, so this is the last day we had in China. Uh, we gathered with some of the people in the church, and they prayed for us. A very emotional time. But I just want to say that the church in China, especially our involvement in that area, is continuing to grow. Um, the week before... Um, our arrest because I didn't see it coming God didn't give me any sort of forewarning to it but I did have a vision of a sunflower that looked like it was about to die you know got the picture of the cold or drooping you know and it's 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 looking brown and it, not a very positive picture to have and I thought maybe this is for a few members of the congregation maybe they're going through a difficult time it looks like something's about to die and then God showed me that he said what happens next I thought, okay, dying sunflower. Ah, oh, the seeds all drop. And in fact, the sunflower can produce hundreds of seeds. And it actually makes way for a fresh life. And so I realized that that vision was given in advance of what happened to us because the church did have to dissolve for a period of time. And it seemed like all that work, all that God did was just, was just dying. But then I'm hearing reports of, of people meeting here and over here and they're just inviting people and the church is growing there in China because God builds his church. It's his work, not ours. God makes a way. Isaiah 69, sorry, 66, 9 says, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord. This is a verse of scripture the Lord gave me before going to China. My wife and I were preparing to look after uh, my mother because she was increasingly getting uh, more frail. She she had a number of falls, and one fall she broke a bone in the neck, which is pretty serious. Another time a bone in a, in a, in a pelvis. She in a serious fall, and we thought it's unsustainable that she can live alone. And so we were planning on having her come to be with us in Bury St. Edmunds, and we needed to find a bigger house. It just didn't happen. There were frustrations with doing that. And that's when God called us to China. We're like, Lord, if there any other time, <laughs> why now? You know, And I actually said, no, Lord, I can't. It's like, I'm looking after my mom. Surely that's a good thing, which it is. And that's why I wrestled with it. But the Lord said, trust me. And he gave me this verse. Shall I not bring to the time of birth and cause deliveries? Okay, God, you're going to have to work this out. I believe in some way you're going to help my mom. And I promised her, I won't leave until you're settled in something that you're comfortable with. So during this time of all this preparing, got handed over the church in Barry St. Edmunds, needed to prepare for China, all lots of things to sort out. My mum has this psychotic episode. She literally loses her mind. Totally freaks me out. Like, what is happening? My mum's a believer. And God, this cannot be... Your way. This, this is not right. This, you know, cause the enemy loves to take advantage of these un, these things in our lives, isn't he? He loves it. He's often the first to speak. A word of advice. Don't go with your first thought many times. Especially in adversity. Something happens. He's often the first you'll hear. Cause he shouts. He's like Goliath. And I hear the devil shouting, saying, oh, see what happens when you make such decision. Even the church that was sending us, like, they were challenged. Like, "Ah, oh, is this really God? Look what's just happened. And so we were trying to work out, look after mum. And then God gave me a scripture. I was on the way to visit her, and I, I, I pulled over in the car, and it's Isaiah 49.12. I haven't got it on the screen, but Isaiah 49.12, and it's talking about a list of names of, of, of people groups. And one of the names was Sinim, or the land of Sinim. I didn't, never knew what... Didn't, hadn't heard of Sinim before? It's one of those names in the Bible you just easily glance over. But I felt the Holy Ghost. I just knew there was something about Sinim. So immediately I get on Google. You know, what is Sinim? What is significance? And it, many scholars believe this was an ancient name used of the, of the peoples of the East, particularly in China, because China was, was one of the ancient civilizations, of course. And I just knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking. I actually messaged the pastor who was sending us and he, he was in, in a, in, in a supermarket and the Holy Spirit just came upon him in that supermarket. He said, that's God. <laughs> and so I went to see mum excited about this, you know, she's, she's still like, you know, in this, this mindset that is, uh, not her. And I shared this scripture and then the Holy Spirit came upon her. I mean, she was just, full of joy, weeping and laughing because she felt incredible joy. And it was the Holy Spirit. And from that moment, she turned back. She turned around and she came back to her normal self. See, God will make a way, even when it seems crazy. And oftentimes when we are challenged about the way by such things, but we trust him, he is faithful. But not only that, we got to China it, it, two weeks there. She has a fall. And it's, oh, no, not another one. She's in, in some sort of care facility. Thankfully, she didn't break a bone. But even so, she's in a lot of pain. When an elderly person falls, it can be very painful for them. And I was, oh, God, I'm not even there now. But, yeah, one or two days later, I get a call from her, and she's like, something amazing's happened. I said, what? He said there's some ladies came into the care home and they started to they just wanted to minister to the residents and they prayed for healing. And and this lady prayed for me and, and I woke up the next day completely free of pain. She was healed. And that was a huge relief for me. But to put on top of it, the lady was Chinese. This is in Durham in Norfolk. And if anyone know that, but Durham is a totally white village town in Norfolk. I mean, you know, the the odds of a Chinese person being in that town are very remote to say the least, let alone a believer. But yet God was saying, I've got this. I've got it. And you know what? God has got your life. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts we need to remember cuz god's way god's way will always challenge our thinking that's why he says do not lean do not you know put your focus on your own understanding don't let that be your guide or your how you think things are going to unfold trust me acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct your path. See, I'm sure there's people here, you have got dilemmas right now. There's some here, you got a dilemma in, in relationship. You're like, God, how can this work out? Maybe there's been a breakdown and, and there's been a, a, a wrong committed. You think, God, how can this be reconciled? Others are considering your future. You're considering, you know, options of, of, of career and, and even ministry and like, God, what do you have for me to do? God has it worked out and he will direct you, but we need to have this childlike attitude. Jesus said, we must become like little children. And, and there's something so beautiful. I had some time this year working in a primary, working with year one. And there's something so beautiful about that age group, isn't there? They don't try and work things out. They just simply trust. They, and that's why it's such a violation when when, there's, when parents don't fulfil their their responsibility. But most parents do, and so they care for their kids. And they they know their children can't do things for themselves. And, and it's such a beautiful thing to see a young child carefree, you know, looked after because they know they're secure in their parents. And it, and it gives. Credit to the parents, doesn't it? I think, well, they must be good parents. Their child have not got got care, you know. And God says, we need to be like that. We, we need not care about things that get us careful. We need to trust Him. Say, God, you've got it. I don't understand it. He knows we don't understand it. Like a little child doesn't understand about finances and, and all these things that parents have to deal with. They just know their parent loves them. And that's all they need. And that's all that we need as God's people, to know that he loves us and to know that he has already worked out the pathway for us. Yes, it might not be the path that you think is the right path. Maybe there are things happening in that pathway that seem, how can this be God? Like what happened to my mother. But I see now she was in that, care, she's still there. She, she worked. She ended up in a Christian care home and she loves it there. She's surrounded by, you know, missionaries that have been on the field for like 40, 50 years. They pray. They they have a focus for mission. And, and so they had an, another couple there that had their daughter in China. And so they would link together and pray every week. She felt so connected with us, what God was doing in China. And looking back, that was the best thing for her. She is at peace. She's thriving. She's been able to lead... Um, One of the uh, carers to to the Lord recently. God is using her life. I thought, "Wow, God, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have chosen that path." But God, I see now it was good. Of course, it released us to go to China. Romans eight twenty eight, which we probably all know, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. This is an incredible statement of truth. God says all things, not some things, not those things that you think are favorable, but everything that God allows to happen in your life, even the adversities, even the things that seem, this is totally mad, this is even the evil things that happen. Look what happened to Joseph was he went to Egypt. And he says when his brothers were like, oh no, he's going to get us, he said, look, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And God united that family that it was impossible to unite unless God fulfilled his purpose. Even in violations. God has good. And we need to learn just to simply Trust and look up to Him and say, "God, show me the good that You're doing. I can't see it right now." God, I'm, you know, we feel things strongly, especially when it's relational. We feel pain. We, we, God, where are You in all of this? We rest in this truth that God is using it for our good, and we we expect good. That's why David said. Many times in in the Psalms, wait on the Lord. That word wait is not just simply abiding time. It means to look expectantly for God. We wait, we look expectantly. God, I know good is coming. You have promised it. And we have that attitude and it holds us in the moment. It says, let patience have its perfect work. God is working something in us. And I know that from our experience, God is working something in us for the good that we shall see unfolding in our lives. So this brings us to our response. Isaiah 30 verse uh, 15 says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Amen. This is how God wants us to live. You know, I love the picture of the eagle soaring. It's used, of course, a number of times in Scripture. But to me, the picture represents, the eagle. Uh, the, the soaring eagle represents something of two wings stretched out. The eagles soar effortlessly. They, they ride the currents of the air. They can stay in the sky for a long periods of time. In fact, during a storm, the eagles will ride, would, would lift above the storm. All the other birds have to scurry for, for refuge in the trees and, and, and endure that, but the eagles can soar above the storm and look down and wait effortless, effortless, effortlessly as they ride the wind. For me, one wing is trust. We stretch out and we trust. Just believe, Jesus said. Jairus was freaking out of his daughter. I mean, she did die. She was dying when, when he came to Jesus. And he hears a report. Don't trouble him anymore. Your daughter's dead. And immediately after hearing those words, Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe, and you will see your daughter well. And of course he did. We hear things that trouble us. We hear bad news that can trouble us. But just remember, God has his narrative going on. His narrative is different to this world's narrative. And that's why we must learn to trust. Don't conclude anything yet. Give God time. Trust. Stretch out. Say, God, I am trusting you. I'm letting you hold my weight. That's what the eagle does. It says, I'm trusting the wind. It's holding me up. God, I'm trusting you to carry me through. And the other wing is surrender. Surrendering to the current of the wind. Surrendering to that, to guide the eagle. And so we surrender our lives into God's hands. And sometimes that is where we struggle the most. Because you cannot trust until you surrender. And you cannot surrender until you trust. We need both. And that's what the dynamics of faith is. And so... We've got to be willing to lay that situation down and to put it in God's hands and let Him deal with that. And we surrender our will. We surrender what we think is best. We surrender our desire. And that is trust. And that's what a little child does. What do what they do? They hold out their arms, don't they? Little children. And they hold out, mommy, Daddy. And they, they just let you pick up because they know that you will. Unless they're that being really annoying. But <laughs> they know most of the time that you'll pick them up and, and comfort them and, and because you love them. And so God will pick us up. He will hold us as we trust in him. Amen. Let's have a time where we can respond to God this, this morning. And so my first time being here, I know Roughly know the format of the church, but can can I have the worship team? Some people to maybe lead us in worship come, or however you do it. But if you can be preparing a song that's appropriate to sing. We don't allow time because the Holy Spirit helps us. And what I sense in this church is really encouraging for me in that you are desiring the Holy Spirit. It's those believers who know that in their own strength they cannot, but in his they can. Those who realize that, God, I need you, I need your spirit. After David had messed up the way he did, he said, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. he had become so reliant, so accustomed to the Holy Spirit work, he said, God, I cannot do without <laughs> And that is a beautiful thing. And so we want to allow, so let's, let's all stand and, and we're going to sing a song of worship and we're going to allow the spirit to come. And I want to encourage people, maybe you just feel, I need to pray right now. I just need to talk to God about the issues of my heart and, and maybe you can turn in your seat or you can, however you want to do it. But the most important thing is that you are wanting to commune. With your God. Some here, there's a need to reaffirm your trust and surrender to God. The Holy Spirit has been nudging you and saying, look, you're trying to take this upon yourself. You're trying to work it out your way. It's time to surrender that to me. It's time to let me get involved. Sometimes we've got our hands on it and, and God says, I cannot do much until you take your hands off. Even our loved ones, we've got to give to God. They could be going through crazy things. They could be making crazy decisions and, and we're like, I have to stop this. I have to. And yes, there's, there's a role for a, for a parental instruction. But sometimes we just got to say, God, you have to do something finances. Amen. Why don't you lead us in song? Let's just see what God's going to do right now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.